0: welcome to move conversations this is your host venkat in this episode we talk to raj dalal from sydney australia my co-producer mrigank and i know raj for many years raj helps companies craft execute digital transformation strategies that increase the shareholder value using advanced data and ai technologies and techniques Raj has set up a big data analytics research and advisory firm, Big Insights, in Sydney. His clients include Hitachi, Aquablis, Clapet, and Cloudera, and many others. He has authored research reports and case studies in this area. He is currently uh, authoring a report on uh, business AI and adoption. Raj is also a convener of Big Insights Data Innovation Awards, which recognize leaders in industry that are driving innovation and business value using data and AI and as well as uh, internet, uh, internet of things technologies. Welcome to the show, Raj. Just curious, has that business AI adoption report been published? No, still
1: working on it. It's a fast moving space. So we, uh, we want to make sure we capture some of the latest uh, advancements in AI, but it should be, should be done in the next few months.
0: Great. We all look forward to that. Welcome again. So,
1: Thank you. And delighted to be here. And, uh, you know, it's been a few years since we last spoke, but uh, fantastic that we could. Before we
0: start the discussions, you know, just wanted to uh, understand what prompted you to set up this company nearly seven years ago. You know, what did you see on the horizon back then?
1: In fact it was related to when we first met uh, Venkat. Yes. Uh, I was working at a startup, uh, you know, in Singapore, and we were using some uh, we were using machine learning and and uh, and doing analytics in the cloud about 12 years ago. And um, you know, after I finished my stint at that startup, I realized that we were on, we were doing something that most companies were not. And this was using massive amounts of data to make critical decision. In our case, we were looking at IT security issues. Mm -hmm. And I realized that if we could apply the same technologies and techniques across the uh, all industries, uh, there's some real opportunity for doing things better, you know, cheaper, better, faster. Right. And, um, and so I thought there was an opportunity for for, for me to help in that journey.
0: Oh, great. So, uh before we dive deep into into the topics and your specialties and so on right, let's begin from the beginning you know mm-hmm. uh while we do have people in our audience who are knowledgeable about big data and ai uh, for the benefit of others it'll be a good uh, good start uh, if we could uh, sort of uh, get some simple working definitions out of the way um you know let's look at the three commonly sure. used uh, phrases big data uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence. Sure, sure.
1: Look, these days, some of that, uh, some of those terminologies are used interchangeably. But I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little bit more of a purist view.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, big data, uh, I guess, started being talked about about ten years ago mm-hmm. when there was more explosion beyond just textual uh, structured data to voice, mm-hmm. video, um, you know, web logs, etc. Sure. And it was all about the analytics and and you know analytics and the insights. And in fact, that's the reason I call my company big insights right. in 2012 because no one really wants big data they want the insights uh, you know, that go from it uh, look machine learning uh is a little bit more of a um, you know tech technical technologies term right. uh, machine learning is really a group of algorithms some of them have ever existed for you know 60 70 years mm-hmm. um you know there's probably about you know 30 40 most commonly used uh, algorithms from background in computer science and statistics right. to use to make predictions mm-hmm. and um, while ai again has been around for you know many years but it's probably captured the imagination of um, business leaders as well as uh, hollywood producers over right. many years and it's this continuing endeavor to have to mimic human like intelligence using machines right and uh, if you actually look uh, scratch behind the service, a lot of it is actually using machine learning, but there's some new advancements in, you know, deep learning and, uh, you know, et cetera, which are, you know, which is probably, uh, you know, very fine tuned definition, but a lot of it's interchangeable.
0: Right. Right. Uh, so, you know, in this context, I remember like, you know, I heard an interesting expression from you, uh, the slope of enlightenment, that sounds mm-hmm. pretty esoteric, uh, walk us through that.
1: Yeah, look, I guess it, I want to touch on the fact that this is a journey for most organizations as they adopt this uh, technology.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: you know, if you look at, uh, I call it bigger data now because, okay. um, you know, big data is now just data, right. um, just like e commerce is just commerce, commerce. now. It's just the way of doing uh, business. Well said. Well said. So uh, you know if you look at uh, we actually if you think of uh, the human senses you know w- w- what we've got we've got vision touch smell sight sounds etc cetera, etc cetera. so right. in the same way um, you know what we're currently looking at is most organizations are using you know tech structured first of all the first thing they do is prov- produce business insights so humans can make decisions things like you know, You're looking at what the sales have been in the past week, month and do some simple forecasts, right? right? So humans involved in doing, making decisions and that's traditionally called business intelligence. Right. Next stage is using more unstructured, more uh, variable data using, you know, voice imagery most commonly Mm -hmm. is uh, perhaps to do some, you know, predictions, Mm -hmm. Uh, make simple predictions. um, And then the next is to automate them. right. And this is a multi-year journey. It's not something you know a, a CEO will suddenly say that we want to do AI at scale right. and you know, right. if you're still struggling with basic business intelligence. So' it's, it's a you know, three to five year journey for a lot of large organizations to go into this that's what I call a slope of enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's still a long way to go. We still haven't cracked how you would in, in, integrate uh, touch and smell um, you know into the in the business process, but um, the, the boffins and universities are working on it.
0: Yeah and uh, I, I actually I mean uh, uh Touch and smell are, um, uh, you know, pretty interesting, and that's when probably it will become more comprehensive. But I do remember, and I'm, I'm you know, uh, both of us uh, have had uh, experience and exposure during the dot-com era. There mm-hmm. were, there was a company which, uh, which did try out um, smell, right? And then they, like the 3D, uh, like the color printer, they came out with three or four basic uh, smells which could be mixed and things like that. I don't know like what happened cartridges. to that. Yeah.
1: Look, I'm sure they've got some very niche applications. I guess it's a matter of scaling that, yeah. uh, you know, like everything, happen. the cost of production has got to, um, and, and commercialization has got to match uh, enough demand. Right. And so there's probably some, you know, niche usage in, uh you know, in, in in areas that is still being used in high value things. I, I've,
0: I've not, <laughs> uh, you know, see, been able to locate or track them. Uh, but anyway, uh, getting back to, to, to uh, you know, wh- what you talked about in the slope of enlightenment. So business have been using these big data in recent years, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. And you've been part of that, uh, you know, uh, early journey. So what benefits have they seen so far? So let's say if you look across the value chain or like mm-hmm. across the spectrum from, you know, buying things, controlling cost efficiently, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, all the way you move across the value chain towards uh, customer satisfaction, right? The, mm-hmm. the, the, the end, uh, almost the end part of it. Um, yeah. So so how do you, you know, what what would be the, uh, benefits they have seen uh, and what have, how how they've taken advantage. I think look
1: uh, tremendous benefits, uh, mm-hmm. but you know with with some caveats I would say as well. Sure. If you look at you know adoption, most companies looked at the whole customer lifecycle mm-hmm. in how to use um, you know more data as well as you know AI machine learning along the way. So um, you know they probably break it down into the, you know reduce the cost of acquisition because mm-hmm. that's what most companies struggle with, and so more targeting uh or based on the higher propensity of someone to take up you know whatever offer or product they have right and um so reducing the cost of of that and that's where companies have seen a tangible reduction in cost okay then it's uh you know typically the next part is keeping them delighted uh so is that that whole servicing the customer and that's where things like chatbots um you know have come in to lower the cost of doing um, you know, first level triage, and then, you know, humans to complement that. Um, and also retaining the customers. I mean, and, um, you know, telcos are probably leaders in this, you know, uh, in terms of they need to be uh, very clear. You Generally, they sign them up for contracts, and you want to make sure that, um, you know, person re-signs a contract.
2: Mm-hmm,
1: um, and that's where they've been using data on customer satisfaction, you know, call dropout rates, mm-hmm. and all different predictors to make sure, well, when is that someone... Likely not to renew or to renew and uh, doing little, you know, uh, customer service tricks at the end just to make sure that they do renew as well.
0: Yep, uh, you know, you you mentioned uh, chatbots and customer delight in the same breath. Uh, I'll reserve my uh, comments on that. Uh, you know, usually the delight, the more on the humor, on the more more on the humor side and the frustration at the moment. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, no long way so, to go. <laughs> so, but 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 I, I I get what you're saying. But um, uh, you know, uh, so that is at the customer end of the chain. So Mm -hmm. if you go a little bit backwards, so what else have they seen in terms of, um, you know, maybe you could, if you want to uh, use, you know, real life examples, you could to to make it more interesting. So if you look at the business processes, business functions, you know. uh, So look everything. Talk about customer relations, but like, you know, backward marketing, supply chain operations.
1: I'll give you some uh, unusual examples that people don't think AI and data is involved, but, Mm It is on the the core part of the, of, of the service. Think of um, something we use every, you know, nearly every day. Some of these ride sharing apps, right? Uh, Uber is a classic example. Uh, They're a a data company at the end of the day. In fact, one of the, the chief data officers that uh, I've interviewed, he was actually the founder of a big data company before that. Right. So, um, matching supply and demand, Mm -hmm. you know, every day they've got to make decisions in terms of at different lo- localities mm-hmm. where what the demand is going to be and make sure there's enough supply of of drivers right. and so uh, and that by using hundreds of data points uh, in terms of um, you know forecasting demand mm-hmm. and making sure supply is there mm-hmm. in fact how they predict how long it's going to take for your ride to arrive
2: mm-hmm.
1: i mean we've had taxis for what hundreds of years right we, we've never known before how long it's going to take for, you know, when you make the phone call mm-hmm. to, to the arriving. And the innovation right. has been, well, now you've got within a few minutes, generally accurate, right. knowing right. that. Even search pricing. How do you find the right balance between how much customers are willing to pay
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: so that they could, in times of high demand,
2: mm-hmm.
1: they, will, they will get the cap? People don't like it, mm-hmm. but, um, but that's using a lot of, um, you know, data analytics behind the scenes. Okay,
0: so right. that's one example okay
1: um i can give you lots of examples you know by sure, by industry sure. if you like
0: sure yeah go by industry and uh, you yeah, know go uh, backwards l- l- so yeah go ahead sure i mean i think that's what uh, you know um, you know audiences can relate to uh, you know from, mm-hmm. from
1: the- um I- i'll give you um an example in the airline industry okay. so one of the biggest costs is uh, is fuel costs you know mm-hmm. of flights mm-hmm. so think of your you know, uh, your, your leg between Singapore and LA, for example, right. Uh, Very often you're in holding patterns when you arrive. Right. So what an airline that actually uh, won some awards that I was involved in, Mm -hmm. they looked at very distinct, distinct ping patterns, like minute tracking data of, uh, you know, last thousand flights between let's say Singapore and LA. Okay. And then the, the holding pattern times and you know, what, predictors on how long you'd like to be on holding pattern and you know, okay. it's very expensive when you hold, right. And they were able to uh, predict on each flight. Well, I'm likely to be, you know, put on hold for about 15, 20 minutes when I arrived in the LA area, mm-hmm. well, why don't I slow down, reduce my fuel burn. So I'm okay. not in the holding pattern when I arrive because I arrive late and then I'm not in the holding pattern.
0: So just to get it. Uh, so when they analyzed, they also found out that if they come slightly later, they will not be caught up in the rush. Is Correct. That, is it, okay. Okay. That's interesting, right?
1: Yeah. Um, uh, other examples in uh, fraud detection algorithms. You, you know, credit cards have been trying to manage fraud since you know the day they were born. Right. Uh, 16, but now the amount of data they can process in real time right. to make more accurate you know predictions, because they've got milliseconds to decide whether to re- to reject that transaction or not. Absolutely. Um, so based on now the sort of device you are, you know, the, the location, the type of item you're buying, if you're buying consumer electronics, they're likely to be sold easily versus, you know, um, you know something that's uh, likely not to be able to be resold. So they're doing these thousands of calculations in, in less than like sometimes 20 milliseconds to right. reject or uh, accept that uh, transaction.
0: Awesome. 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 Interesting example. And at uh, at the, you know, these are very interesting things where people can relate to in terms of like, you know, their own experiences, uh, you know, when mm-hmm. it comes to flying and uh, cars and things like that. Uh, but, um, at, at, at a business levels.
1: Business level. Uh, look, uh, there was a case study I, I did in, um, Uh, In a warehousing industry, you Mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. warehousing as an industry has been around since probably the Egyptians were building pyramids, (laughs) uh, you know, storing things. So I did um, a a case study talking to one of uh, uh, the largest cold storage facilities uh, in the U.S. Um, Cold storage, right? Cold cold storage. storage. Mm -hmm. So this is, you know, think of giant refrigerators Mm -hmm. where they store perishable products. Right. and the sad fact is that everything that we eat has mm-hmm. probably been frozen somewhere along the uh supply chain, just so okay. that it acts as a buffer between you know supply and demand right so um and it's very expensive to have these massive refrigerator you know warehouse sized refrigerators mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they found that they were running out of capacity in one of these warehouses and you know it takes time it takes months before you can increase capacity in one of these warehouses right so someone who was you know out not in the warehousing field went in mm-hmm. and actually physically looked around and said, "You tell me this is full, mm-hmm. but I can still see lots of space right and as it turned out, warehouses store things in pallet dimensions right, you know right
0: absolutely
1: specific sizes mm-hmm. and and what they did is by looking at Looking the uh, three years worth of data of all the pallet dimensions of things that come into the warehouse okay. and go out of the warehouse. Oh, okay. They actually okay. figured out that they they could reconfigure the the pallet dimensions to to small, medium, and large. Oh. and even reconfigure the warehouse to where these size dimensions should be. So in in row one, you should have more large. Um, you know slots. While in row seven, you should have more small slots.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And so it's almost like personalizing the warehouse construction,
0: right, to
1: how the goods uh, goods are going to be stored and and uh, taken out.
0: Right. So, so one will up. be volume and dimensions, right? But but it'll also be which kind of goods are likely to be picked, uh, together. picked earlier, right? Picked, and picked, packed together. Packed. Yeah, or picked together. Yeah, picked together too. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and what they found, they were able to squeeze twenty-five percent more things into the warehouse.
0: Ah, okay.
1: And considering right. a warehouse costs about you know twenty-five million plus to build, but that's you can that's squeeze twenty-five percent more in there. Right, and that Sorry. was one dimension. The other dimension was the the time and cost to pick an order. Right. So is the uh, they actually measured previously because it was all arranged you know almost randomly where things were stored. Mm-hmm. The uh, the forklift driver had to go down five aisles to pick a particular order, mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and now on average had to go down to two and a half aisles to pick the order.
0: Okay, so they reduced so, that considerably. Yeah. Mm. Yes.
1: Mm. Right. So it just shows the personalization, or you know, personalization in anything that you do based on past patterns. Right. And unfortunately, right. we're all, or fortunately, we're all creatures of habit, and in sure. business and in personal.
0: Correct. Correct. So, so. Let's come to the present, right? Uh, during the COVID nineteen times, have you seen an increase in adoption? You know, let's say uh, we're, you know consumer facing industries, and in what way? We'll come back to you know other business and uh, applications mm-hmm. and so on. But uh, let's let's uh, uh, sort of see where it what has happened in the current. Uh,
1: yeah, times. look as as we're all being you know uh, locked down, you know. Uh, Everything that you know, work, live and play is all remote and online.
2: Mm-hmm, so
1: mm-hmm. the winners are the ones who already have been investing in a lot of this technology.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and industries that, uh, you know, banking where they've always had a lot of uh, electronic exchange, they're already seeing an increase. Right. Um, insurance, which is a lot uh, slower to adopt. We've already seen, uh, you know, the COVID bump in terms of adoption right. of you know, uh, buying and service. And across like, you know, I think McKinsey did some survey uh, and they showed there was definitely a, a COVID bump in terms of uh, remote usage. In terms of during this time, which is now nearly six months, right. uh, companies, are, uh, what we've heard is we've seen, you know, five years with a digital innovation happening mm-hmm. within five months. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so yeah. it's an uh, urgency to do things has increased because it's never going to go back to pre-COVID times in terms of adoption of digital channels.
0: Right. So, so that gives me an interesting segue. Like, like we did talk about, you know, just now you spoke about the broader thing that like, you know, it's been there in every aspect of it, but if we tease out the, uh, higher consumer adoption in e-commerce, which you just referred to, do we have some examples of companies using big data significantly more in, uh, you know, these times and in what ways?
1: So the, uh, if you look at the winners, which Mm -hmm. are the big e-commerce stores, they have been using uh, big data analytics Mm -hmm. uh, for the last 15 years. So the winners are the ones who've who've already invested.
0: Right. And this goes
1: back to my slope of enlightenment. This is not uh, something you can do in three months. Correct. Correct. Right. It takes uh, years of organizational learning to perfect the you know, the business processes, the techniques and and everything else. So the ones that who thought this was a hoax five years ago and did nothing are the ones that are paying the price now. And will continue to pay the price because uh, they're already clear winners. So it may not be too late in certain industries, uh, but in some industries, it's just too late. You know, if you haven't done it by now, um, it may be all too late
0: so what you're saying is basically the big boys of e-commerce and big boys of retail uh, who have adopted a significant amount of e-commerce uh, benefited uh, a lot big of data that. analytics
1: are, are, are the ones that are getting super returns at the moment
0: right 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 so you know you you uh, you referred to the banks and the you know the credit cards and also bank uh, banking adoption of uh, big data and analytics mm-hmm. so and and also i remember from from one of our um, uh, you know earlier uh, and uh, discussions of what uh, uh, you focus on is that uh, uh, you you talk about a uh, your customer analytics solution uh, mm-hmm. 720 degree view of the customer right yeah uh, I understand that this would mean going beyond the bank's own understanding of the customer base you know on its Correct. transaction platform to include data but it would mm-hmm. be now when you say 720 you're saying that like it will include data from all web, the external mobi- sources, right? Yeah, like web, mobile services, mobile devices, chats, whatever, right? Social media and etc. Uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. So tell us more what they learn and what they do with those data, and also very importantly, how do they get access to those data? Do they buy from data brokers who sort of like you know known to be secretly planting cookies in our computers <laughs> and mobile phones? No, it's 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 a genuine concern, right? Like on yeah, the one look, hand, no, we are absolutely. Very happy. So, and, and you're, in, the, you're in, the expert and we want to hear from you. Yeah, look,
1: like like everything in technology, there is an ethical boundary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of talk about, you know, what is the creepy line and uh, mm-hmm. how much creepiness will the will the customer bear?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, in the, uh, you know, in the, in the banking example you talked about, uh, definitely when you're trying to understand the psychology of the customer, mm-hmm. you, you know, no one's going to tell you, you know, how they're, you know, they're, they're buying behavior as such. You right. can only insinuate that. And, you know, banks can do it based on, you know, conversations, the tone of the voice, um, you know, unhappy, the sentiment analysis of happy, unhappy they are. Right. Um, you know, uh, if, if they, if they use a credit card with their own bank, you could, uh, you know, they get some high level things in terms of, uh, you know, what type of spender they are.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, you know, and they, they do buy external data, right? I mean, there's a huge marketplace for external data. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, I think what's important is is the re- is really the uh, why are they doing this um, and and marry the benefit from the cus- to the customer right. versus benefit to the uh, business. So in the in the example I, I talked about was they wanted to offer um, you know in the in the term deposit market they wanted to offer better rates to. Customers are likely to stay with them longer. I ah, mean, it's okay. the most obvious thing, right? I mean, um, at the moment, you know, the term deposit rates are like uh, maybe, you know, not even one or 2%. Right. So they will generally offer a honeymoon rate, perhaps right. 2 3%. Right. But you don't want to offer it to someone that as soon as the honeymoon rate is over, they'll jump to another bank.
0: So Raj, um, the gaming industry is one of the pioneers uh, in analyzing yeah. user behavior in real time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, when they use data analytics and target the gamers with offers in real time, right? Say within seconds of them finishing a level or something like that and influence their behavior with predictive analytics, doesn't that make these products addictive?
1: Well, it definitely gives a very immersive uh, experience. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess they 've what they 're trying to do is make it as enjoyable as possible mm-hmm. um, and married that with a business model where they 're offering free gaming right. so yeah, what they 're trying to do is um, obviously monetize it right. and they're, and they 're trying to put offers in real time mm-hmm. when the gamers is on a high like they 've won a level or you know they 've done something um, but like uh, uh, fortunately unfortunately that 's what the commercial model is you you think of Um, Old world companies offering soft drinks, Um, you know, uh, they're very addictive, um, but there's a multi-billion dollar business selling soft drinks Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. to customers. And, you know, I would argue that's very addictive as well. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, smoking and everything is very addictive as well.
2: Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. Um, In the gaming industry, um, you know, where the move is to offer free games. Right. Um, So hundreds of millions of users are playing games Mm -hmm. at no cost to, initially at no cost to them. Right. So in you know, a business, they've got to recoup their costs. And one of the ways they've done that is mm-hmm. by helping prolong the ex- experience of the gamer, improving the experience of the gamer in the game with right. a view to selling some trinkets within the game to make some money.
0: Right, 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 right. But I guess uh, the analytics is also used uh, otherwise to, to improve the game and the game experience and then collecting a lot of data as to where what... Uh, uh, the gamers, uh, you know, get it very easily and how yeah. to, uh, you know, increase the level of difficulty. There's a fine balance between increasing the level of difficulty and not making them feel frustrated and abandoned, right? Uh, well, it's you know, it goes and, down and to... Analytics experience. Go, helps these things, right?
1: Just like it is in any business or any business process. If you're playing a game, uh, you know, you want to have the challenge, uh, but you can't be too challenging. Otherwise, you'll abandon it. And go right. to the next free game available on the internet.
0: Right, 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 right. Good, <laughs> cool. Cool. So, you know, um, again, wanted to you know bring you to 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 some of the present situations and scenarios mm-hmm. that people have been uh, you know reading in the newspaper. Some of them have mm-hmm. been, uh, you know. Uh, experiencing it sometimes it's unfortunate uh, so one of the recent uh, you know news headlines uh, for those of us who are not from uk we read about mm-hmm. it but uh, it's unfortunate for people who lived in uh, you know had children in uk at school going level age level mm-hmm. so recently the a level and gcse grades in UK, in england had to be reversed
2: Mm-hmm.
0: and uh, they blamed it on the uh, biased algorithms and then the ministry relying on artificial intelligence to predict student grades since their exams, you know, the usual A-level and GCSE exams were canceled. Yeah. Now, you know, within UK itself, this was not an isolated instance. You know, there was a similar U-turn in Scotland too. So when such major blunders happen at national levels, so, you know, especially on matters that impact people's lives and careers, Mm -hmm. why should people have faith in artificial intelligence that it will serve them well?
1: Look, it's a great question. Um, And I think it's important, uh, I think to understand that this was made in a situation of of where exams could not be held.
2: Mm -hmm. So how
1: do you, at the end, you need to grade I don't know, I imagine 50,000, 100,000 students. And what do you base that on? Mm-hmm. You can only base that on certain data. Right. And what they found is how do, you, how do you make sure that even the teacher evaluation is going to be fair and balanced? Right. And how do you standardize that across different school systems, mm-hmm. private, public,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, across, you know, different uh, geographies mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and advantage? So mm-hmm. they've obviously used some mathematical models to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't done a great job. It sounds like it. If they backed it out, mm-hmm. but the thing is, they blamed the AI. They didn't blame the humans that would develop the AI mm-hmm. and approve the AI and put that into production. And I think right. that's what the issue is. I think we need stronger governance, right, in implementing AI. And you know, it's a newest technology when used at scale and in right. important things. Right. Um, and we're going to go through lots of learnings like this, for, perhaps for the next five, ten years. Right. Um, right. But I'll flip it and say that, you know, what faith do society has that after thousands of years of human evolution of human decision making, that I should trust humans to make the right decisions, where we've got a world of inequity of 7 billion people.
0: Right 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 yeah so the the, the i mean we we'll, we will talk about it in a minute that, that that's the concern right that whether uh, artificial intelligence will will uh, accentuate that uh, you know make it more acute but in that sense you know when you talked about uh, using the past data uh, you know um, mm-hmm. one of the um, things that come to my mind is the uh, famous uh, interview given by late uh, Clayton Christensen, you know, who's very mm-hmm. well known for disruptive innovation. Mm-hmm. And he said in the world, uh, data is available only from the past. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, Ben, keeping it simple mm-hmm. instead of, you know, sort of reading it out from his uh, transcript. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said that data in the way the world is, is available only from the past. And, you know, when we, ask people to, to look at the future and be data driven and fact-based and you know, mm-hmm. analyze is that we are yeah, condemning them to, to, a, to a thing that they cannot do because there is no data about the future. So mm-hmm. he said that you need to build a proper theory and projections based on, you know, what you have seen, but then that's Mm -hmm. why his point was theory. He didn't talk about only mathematical model. And I think that is that nuanced uh, difference because uh, if you don't have a theory and you don't make a correction to the social issues, which Mm -hmm. were inherent part of the previous data, right? Yeah. Then you are going to have problems because the old biases, old ways of doing things, are going to get back into that, right?
1: Mm. You're so just supercharging, uh, you know, biased decisions, you know, right. you know at, at speed and scale and, um, you know, doing worse. worst. And I think that's, uh, to get back to the point about very strong governance mm-hmm. of the data, that's, the training data mm-hmm. um, that these algorithms are built on mm-hmm. and try to clean as much bias as possible. Because mm-hmm. then again, humans are involved in cleaning that bias as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and secondly is... Um, you know, you have, need to have an ethics framework, you know, for for government departments, for businesses that are doing large scale implementation right. is to make sure that the models don't have bias. Right. Then, then the uh, what they call model by, um, uh, shifting right. as, you know, situations change, you know, you're updating your models as well. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. just frozen in time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and secondly, have a, uh, you know, interest check. You know, first of all, is there transparency? Right. Right. Um, uh, can you are they explainable right uh, this is explainable and mm-hmm. and uh, is transparency and is there human oversight who is the business executive who's responsible for that system that is AI right just like, like just like in the banking industry there is a nominated individual who's criminally responsible if things go wrong we should have the same thing for
0: uh, for these systems wow that's fantastic so so that's fantastic to hear from somebody who is from uh, you know uh, AI uh, business background and is advising companies to do that, that that, that there should be somebody uh, criminally held responsible for, for, for some of the mistakes. Uh, let me not take it to that extreme, but even a step backward, uh, mm-hmm. based on what you just mentioned, um, w- so are you uh, among the people who say that uh, the current black box approach is not right and we should uh, you know, Uh, have the ability to see what the algorithm is doing and how it is making those judgments because, you know, yeah, go ahead.
1: Well, look, for certain things, definitely we need to understand uh, mm-hmm. how they were coming to decisions, right? Correct, correct. Um, especially when there's a legal basis for it. I mean, a, uh, a lot of the things in government, mm-hmm. you know, in the end of the rules based, like, you know, entitlements, etc. They're, they're rules based. You can right. use machine learning to learn from the past, right. but then you can just also codify the rules that it, correct, the system should work on.
0: So they should um, correct those things, right? They should factor for the mistakes of the past. Right. They need to and
1: in some instances possible. I'll give you a very simple example. Let's right. say you're trying to automate home loans or right. you know some right. sort of credit card uh, credit um, approval scheme. Right. Uh, typical way of using machine learning is you look at you know last 50,000 uh, applications, look at when it's been approved, when it's been disapproved. Go back, but yeah. that itself puts in biases of, you know, maybe 100 who was years given, of evolution. given, not given, right? Yeah, and, you know, there's lots of biases in that. Right. So okay. then you need a human to go through and say, well, this is, you know, perhaps we should have approved it, you know, but we didn't because best advice. So that's something... In a process in itself
0: right and we didn't uh, we didn't favorably consider people of the zip code so we should make the correction exactly. uh you know we didn't uh, you know consider people of this gender this race whatever 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 things that we want to make it socially correct today right correct uh,
1: but then should, a human with yeah. bias is also looking at the data exactly so i'm not sure if you can ever
0: remove bias
1: it's a great principle and Great thing to aspire to, mm-hmm. um, you know, it'll take time, perhaps, um, until, you know, humans themselves, I have less bias within
0: themselves, right. Um, and, and then it's a matter of implementing at scale. Right. And some diversity can help, right? And then, you know, of if course. you have a diverse committee that would help definitely so that it is not, uh, the, the bias levels can be reduced. And I, I agree with you that, you know, all humans would have certain kind of biases and so on and so forth. And mm. to some extent it is, uh, you know, that's what helps us to make, uh, have opinions and judgments and so on. But uh, mm. we should correct the um, social inequalities and things like that. Absolutely. And we should not weaponize them with, with algorithms, with a, yes. no,
1: absolutely, absolutely, and and just the fact that we are focusing on a society on bias, right? I, I right. believe we'll actually reduce the bias as well. Like, right, like, you know, just the focus on doing it will improve it over time. Um, the other thing about explainability, so some things are, are hard to explain. I mean, how, you can't explain a lot of human decisions. True, at True. the end of the day, I mean, right? you yeah. know, intuition, um, you know, this, that, the other, uh, and some algorithms. Uh, you, you, they use you know deep learning, you can't explain it. I mean, uh, but you can just say they're right. you know, a vast, vast majority of the time. Right. And right. you just have to accept it. Otherwise, don't use those systems, um, you know, self-driving cars. You know, how does it figure out you, you, you may be a- about to deviate from a lane. Right. It's, it's hard to, you know, explain why it did that.
0: Great. Or, or like, like uh, Amazon, like at one point, you know, when they were not getting the right uh, set of people through their uh, HR, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, art- algorithm or artificial intelligence, yeah. uh, they abandoned it. They said that like, you know, so maybe the, we should look at the output or maybe model an output and uh, see what kind of output it is coming out with and then mm-hmm. say, oh, okay, uh, whether we can sort of... Uh, Open the black box and correct it, or not, or we are not able to correct it. But it is not giving us the kind of diverse output or the kind of uh, you know uh, mm. corrected output that we are looking for. Is that correct? Yeah. No.
1: Uh, as I said, you know, we're still learning on how best to use this technology, and True. it's True. going to take many, many years—perhaps another five, ten years—to mm-hmm. actually understand how to use this technology well. Right. Um, so there's, you know, there's element of experimentation uh, right. without a lot of hopefully downside. In the experimentation right. uh, and learnings, and maybe we can use AI to first of all do what it's really good at. You know, right. there's a, a na- there's a definition of narrower AI, which is becoming right. experts in very narrow fields. Right. Um, Absolutely. And what you know, uh, AI cannot do is very generalized tasks. Correct. So correct. perhaps do you know get so AI to to do the initial funnel? Let's say in in the HR thing. You know, you get. Thousand applications Mm -hmm. is to reduce it down to the best 50, and a a human actually looks at those 50 in great detail as opposed to a human looking at 500 of them um, and you know narrowing down from a thousand to 500. So it's finding that balance where the human insight and intuition comes in, right? For making decisions and what uh, what computers should not
0: probably straight away use that 50 but before that ask a question that is it in line with uh, like like you know the kind of uh, uh, results we were looking for in terms of whatever it is diversity being unbiasedness and you know etc etc right so that will be better like like i think both you and i are talking about man and machine instead of like like leading to machine uh, taking over uh, thought processes, controls, and we just like mechanically take whatever is the output and start implementing. Right? You definitely
1: don't want to be doing that. Definitely, you know, uh, humans uh, have uh, are fantastic at doing uh, processing very wide variety of information and mm-hmm. and coming to synthesizing the information really well. What mm-hmm. computers are really good at is a very narrow in a narrow field, mm-hmm. looking at vast amounts of information and providing very specific advice so it's you know finding the right balance for each requirement is is where the 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 art and the science of using this well
0: wonderful that's that's good to hear from someone who advises uh, you know companies uh, on using ai uh, and you know and we hope that uh, you know companies uh, take those kinds of, uh, you know, legitimate advice and, uh, you know, and then implement it carefully and uh, not mechanically sort of like follow because the, you know, the AI said so and so on and so forth. Right. So that would probably give uh, common people an um, assurance. And if they see this happening in real time, in their real life, that like, okay, so, you know, man and machine is better than Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: and I think, uh, look, absolutely, and governments really have a, a role to play as well, okay. um, uh, um, because uh, you know citizens will face a lot of uh, government services that are been AI enhanced. So having very clear ethical frameworks right. and, and ethical, um, um, you know, governance processes right. um, is going to give that the citizens a high degree of certainty that it won't be used for evil; will be used for good.
0: Exactly. In fact, there have been a lot of horror stories and so one of the well-known books is Weapons of Mad Destruction where Kathy O'Neill talks about the how in the US, uh, you know, Uh, judicial system, these kinds of things, have biases have crept in and, uh, Mm. you know, there have been problems and so on and so forth because of the past prejudices and so on, criminal justice system, uh, you know, uh, which is Mm. where they're just mechanically taking the recommendation of uh, the algorithms and so on and so forth. So it widens the discrimination and inequality. But what you're saying is that like government should step in and, uh, you know, enact laws, make sure that uh, these things are uh, correct. Yeah. Certainly. Thank you very much, Raj, for sharing your big insights with us. Um, friends, My pleasure.
1: Thank you so much for the opportunity.
0: Thanks, Raj. And friends, we will be bringing you. such insightful conversations with experts like Raj in various fields from time to time. And we'll definitely uh, invite Raj back uh, at another time when his report comes out, probably, Raj. That would be possible. We'll look, I would look
1: forward to that, certainly. yeah.
0: So, so please uh, do subscribe to our channel, uh, Move Conversations on YouTube. And thank you, everyone. Thank you very much.